0: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State
2: Farm is there. The world is becoming more and more unstable by the day. And many Americans are not waiting around to find out how bad it could get. They're making the decision to diversify their wealth with precious metals like gold and silver. And they're turning to the top-rated precious metals company, Goldco. Right now, Goldco is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com.
3: All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Thank you for being with us. Toll-free, our telephone number is 800 941 Sean. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. By the way, don't forget the all-new Hannity.com, all news information, you know, going up minute by minute as news breaks. We have it there, too. Uh, there is so much. we have. To, we have so much of a deep dive to do on so many different areas today. So we just bu- just buckle up. It's going to be an information overload, complete three hours. And, and I still won't have enough time uh, to get everything out there. This is pretty phenomenal what is happening here. Now, there is no doubt, no ambiguity whatsoever in any way, any shape, any manner, any form about what is happening at the border. It is a crisis. It's a humanitarian crisis. It's a health crisis. It's a national security crisis. It is all of the above. You know, it's also a law and order crisis. And, and to watch the Democrats on this, they don't seem to care. They don't seem to care about the high positivity rate for illegal immigrants. Again, we have laws. We're a nation of laws. The Democratic Republic laws were meant, what, to be broken? because that's what sanctuary city state status means, right? That government aids and abets in criminal activity by not enforcing the laws of the land. If you don't like the laws, change the laws. That There is a remedy for that. We have three branches of government. I know Joe only thinks there's two. Maybe he really just thinks there's one, and that is the executive branch, because he's willing to bypass on almost everything the legislative branch. And then the legislative branch, now they want to, want to pack everything into their favor and eliminate the filibuster and 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 so on and so forth but it is it is breathtaking to watch what we're seeing here and the implications now are real for every single solitary American and what's going on here is okay they got rid of let's see the uh they got rid of stay in Mexico policy they brought back catch and release we have COVID positive patients that are given hotel rooms, but no follow-up whatsoever. Now we have people free to to move around, do whatever they want. We have facilities in some cases now, reports of over 700% capacity. We now have strict orders of, of silencing anybody that would normally talk about what is really happening, telling the American people about the truth of what's going on at the border. Border patrols told you are to give no interviews and you're supposed to send every request to Washington. We have no access. The governor of Texas has zero access to this, this facility that they have in Dallas for children when, in fact, they have child protective services that would like to get in and meet with them and make sure they're okay, make sure their living conditions are doing well. We've already seen the images of kids sleeping on the floor and reports of with tinfoil blankets, of course, and then reports that the kids are are sleeping on the floor in shifts and and not even getting an opportunity to shower daily, Uh, that report ought to be concerning for everybody. Just like the reports about the cargo container ships that we can't get a look in, you know, the ones with the small window and bars on the window, but we're told butterflies are on the wall. Okay, if they're so beautiful, let us in, let us see them. But this is now of Joe Biden's own making here. And I'll give you the, the latest example of this. I always worry the reason you want secure borders, first and foremost, in my mind, is national security. We have enemies all around the world that hate us. They're radical Islamists. We know that Russia is a hostile regime. China, hostile regime. North Korea, the Iranian mullahs, hostile areas. We know that when Border Patrol is, is using all of their resources To stop this surge, we're now being told this this will be the biggest immigration, illegal immigration influx in over 20 years by the DHS secretary, Mayorkas, who said the first two weeks ago that it wasn't a crisis is there's a change of heart there. You got the health issue. You got the national security issue. Then you have, of course, the entire issue. Okay, well, where are we going to house people? What are the conditions going to be like? Then we have to feed people. Then you have to provide health care. We're now talking about uh, if it's 100,000 a month, and this is a sl- usually a slow month, the numbers will be astronomical. Now, they, I, I looked at something that happened today. So, you know, who would ever disagree, for example, with a law that would require people that have not respected our laws, or borders, and our sovereignty that have already entered the country illegally, at least be tested for COVID, one town in texas 25 percent positivity rate some places close to 10 percent testing positive for covid i mean you would think that in light of all of us being subjected to the biden mask mandate and the pressure being put on senators and, and congressmen and women to you wh- wh- why haven't you been vaccinated how about it's none of your business whether i get a vaccination or not that is a private medical matter between me and my doctor and if you want to mandate I wear the mask, I'll, I'll follow the rules and wear the mask on the House or Senate floor. But you don't have a right to push me or pressure me into doing something people don't want to do. And I say this as somebody who has said publicly, I'm going to get the shot when my number's called. I haven't got it yet. And anyway, but then so now Joe Biden lied to George Stephanopoulos. I'll play this all later, but. You know, he said, well, I, I'm telling people to stay home, but, you know, we're, we're trying to get things ready. Well, it sounds like, come, we're getting things ready for you. Uh, and, and then say, "Then we play him saying exactly that, that if I'm president to come and you're looking for asylum, come. And that's the claim of most people. Oh, I, All I have to do is claim asylum and, and I, a need to get away from my country. Of course, they're going to say whatever needs to be said. That information gets out rather quickly. Um, Anyway, so we now found that yesterday Democratic House members have literally said no to mandating the people that have come from Central America, where the CDC says Americans should not even travel because of covid-19. You would think that the idea of testing people would be the right thing to do. Yesterday, the Democratic run House said no we have no right to require COVID tests for illegal immigrants. One, one Texas town, one in four people tested are infected. And then people are sent out into the community and there's no follow-up. I guess we, we, we got to welcome people that don't respect our laws, border sovereignty, and, and accept now that would be the ultimate super spreader, if you ask me. Is that the new vision for America? You know, compassion for everybody, but what, the American people in light of the draconian shutdowns we have faced and mass mandates that we have? Anyway, Tuesday, yesterday, or two days ago, they blocked the Democrats' proposed legislation from freshman Congresswoman Marionette Miller-Meeks that would have required illegal immigrants released into the U.S. to first at least receive a negative COVID-19 test. It was called the REACT Act, and it would require illegal immigrants released into the U.S. by ICE and Customs and Border Patrol to have at least a rapid test and show negative for coronavirus. That measure was brought up to the floor on the day after the Iowa Congresswoman joined some of her colleagues for a trip to the the Immigration Center and what's going on down in El Paso, Texas. And the GOP called calls to consider the measure were blocked by Democrats. Why were they blocked by Democrats? You know, say she went to the border. Joe won't go to the border. He's too busy. You know, they won't even say there's a crisis at the southern border. She went to the border and said, yeah, it's a crisis that needs to be addressed. We're still in the middle of a global pandemic. And now we're putting American lives unnecessarily at risk. And their refusal to even consider the bill coincides with a challenge, of course, to this race in Iowa, Iowa 6, where a congresswoman's election win that they're now threatening to overturn that. Wow. Donald Trump did that. I wonder what the reaction would be. Now, they also are telling Border Patrol and those people securing our border every day, you can't talk to the media. Don't talk into the media, mob. Okay. All requests must go through Washington. No more ride-alongs. Now, they still won't even allow the governor of Texas into that facility in Dallas. They won't let us into the cargo shipping containers where the children are. Uh, they now want all press to basically be shut down. One reporter noted that it's been three weeks since Jen Psaki was asked about access for journalists inside the facilities. Why are we still not seeing any of the images inside these facilities? The DHS oversees the Border Patrol facilities. We want to work with them to ensure that we can do, you know, respecting the privacy and obviously health protocols required by COVID, He said. So here we are again. What I thought they were going to be the most transparent administration in history. Now, something even bigger is happening. I've been telling you about we all know about the New York nursing home scandal and executive action. If you remember back when it was going on, I, I also pointed out that similar measures were adopted in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Michigan. Remember now we're learning also in New York. That group homes also that ex, there was an executive order separate and apart from the nursing home order, forcing these group homes to take on patients with COVID nineteen. They that clearly they don't have the ability to handle that situation. Again, leaving eighty percent of the beds and hospital beds built by Donald Trump, manned by Donald Trump, empty. And now we have these group homes. Thirty two care workers died. Ten thousand three hundred eleven got coronavirus. 552 residents in the group homes died, 6,382 were infected, and nobody. And that executive order still remains in place. Now you have a press in Michigan where you have a Democratic attorney general trying to cover for Governor Whitmer and her nursing home policies there that some people are saying could actually be criminal. And it gets even worse than that because you have the state of New Jersey Now, apparently there was a phone call in New Jersey, NJ.com reported. And this is after his March 31st, 2020 order, where the New Jersey health commissioner offering instructions on how to admit COVID patients into these nursing homes and long term care facilities. And she was speaking to hundreds of the operators and she said that they would be required to assign separate staff and separate separate them from other residents. Now. On this very call, apparently the exasperation was palpable. Quote, patients will die, one unidentified administrator declared, according now to the records and recording that was obtained by NJ Advance Media. You understand that by asking us to take COVID patients, by demanding we take them, that patients will die in nursing homes that wouldn't have otherwise died had we screened them out. That actually took place early, just like in June. They knew in New York the nursing home uh, executive order was a disaster. Rather than admit a mistake and say, "Okay, we got to fix this," no, we'll go write a book on leadership and we'll work to cover up the real numbers. And the same thing is even happening happening in Pennsylvania, where Republicans there are now referring their Democratic governor, Tom Wolf, for an investigation into the same exact thing. They had more than 12,700 Pennsylvanians die in nursing homes because of their executive order there. I mean, this is is insanity. But you notice we have New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and California Newsome who loves to go out to eat but then says, I didn't eat. What's happening? Finally, the word's gotten out. Republican governors got it right, and the Democrats got it wrong. Now, that's too political for them. Now, they were quick to criticize Ron DeSantis and Christy Nome and Governor Abbott and the governor of Mississippi. Even recently, after Mississippi and Texas opened up completely, this is outrageous. And those states have done better instead of the draconian shutdowns. Imagine that.
2: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here.
3: Once again, Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, they're investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. for the exact same service. Now bring your phone or get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Sean. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. Make the switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. Now the level of lawlessness, we all got to pay attention to this. Ignoring an entire co-equal branch of government. I mean, it's... It's never been like this. And and seemingly the lawmakers who are watching their constitutional authority, it's being usurped by the Biden administration. They're just happy because they want their their radicalism to be, you know, finished any way they can. Um, Now you have the Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, it's going to be the worst in 20 years, the illegal immigration problem. Now there is a health order in effect, from the Trump administration designed to prevent the spread of coronavirus, prohibiting entry to any illegal immigrant who may be considered a health risk. In other words, that order is being ignored. Washington Post first reported the change in dynamic on how many families are being allowed to stay in the U.S. on the border. It also reported the Biden administration is under no pressure to reverse that health order, and allow more illegal immigrants and families to stay in the U.S. And now Republicans have fed up. Kevin McCarthy criticizing President Biden. Considering removing uh, Title 42. He, he, he removed the stay in Mexico policy. Catch and release is back. I mean, that means it, it, you're basically going to get to stay. Lindsey Graham even saying you either fix it. Talking about Mayorkas, Homeland Security Secretary. Change course or change jobs is only getting worse by the day. But the fact that they, the lawlessness and level of lawlessness is beyond scary. Remember Levin said this is a post-constitutional America. This is exactly what statism, authoritarianism is all about on top of the filibuster removal and packing the courts, etc. and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to uscca.com slash Hannity today.
4: It seems to be getting worse by the day was it a mistake not to anticipate this surge well first of all there was a surge the last two years and and 19 and 20 there was a surge as well this I'm, one might be worse no well it could be but here's the deal we're sending back people to for, 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 first of all the idea that joe biden said come because uh, i i heard the other day that they're they're coming because they know i'm a nice guy and i won't do they're what you're. this yeah well here's the deal They're not. Do you have to say quite clearly, don't come? Yes, I can say quite clearly, don't come and we're in the process of getting set up. Don't leave your town or city or community. What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come.
3: There's, there should be an immediate surge to the border and uh, if you're seeking asylum I thought you said you didn't say that he did say that um, one last thing on this uh, on all of what we've learned and all that we know it is kind, you know I, I understand people's reluctance decision making I, I don't know why I, there's not this call it should be universal in my mind A belief: Liberals are pro-choice, right? Oh, I thought they're pro-choice. We're pro-choice, not on the Second Amendment. Apparently, not on what you say either. The First Amendment, not on whether you can go to church either. Okay, putting all that aside, the uh, an issue involving your personal medical decisions. If you want that to be private, in other words, medical privacy. You ever hear of 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 doctor-patient? privilege like attorney client privilege that you're, you're allowed medical privacy in this country now i understand uh because i have friends and i have people that have different points of view on my life i get the flu shot every year half my friends think i'm nuts half do the same thing uh on the issue of the vaccine i've already talked to my doctor and i made my decision my number's called it hasn't been called i'm going to get the vaccine that's my decision Half my friends agree, half think I'm nuts. My, my advice to you is make this decision. Even if you think now your answer is no, I, talk to your doctor. Talk to the medical professionals in your life that you trust that you can make an informed decision. Do as much investigative work, homework as possible so you can make an intelligent decision for you and for your medical health and for your family, et cetera. You know, now this, this whole push... Because you have some senators that and some congressmen that are saying, no, I don't have any desire right now to get the, the vaccine. It's like it's like there you have this anti-vaxxer group. They're against all vaccines. OK, there it's America. I guess you can disagree. I kind of believe the science myself. But others are free in this country to think otherwise. And I respect their choice. I just respect it. And the idea that anybody even has to answer the question. You know, did you get your shot? Why aren't you? Why are they questioning senators and congressmen on whether or not they got the COVID vaccine? That would be a decision that they would make in consultation with their doctors with every right to keep their decision, whatever it happens to be private, as long as they maintain the social distance mask wearing protocols. What are we going to, you know, it's unbelievable to me. What are you going to? And I know they're thinking about having this passport idea. Well, what about people that feel like they have the natural immunity because they have the antibodies because they had already had and and survived and recovered from COVID nineteen? And how long do those antibodies last? How long would an antibody test that has quote the the levels that are acceptable you know be acceptable to people? It's unbelievable. You know, the idea too, if you look at all this money that's going to be used in this blue state bailout, you know, part of that is that they're saying that states are not allowed to cut taxes. That comes with strings attached. Only liberal Democrats would put such a string and attach it to an emergency relief bill, of which only 9% is an emergency relief, most of which is a blue state bailout, most of which is a wealth transfer. Most of which will not even be spent until 2022, 2024, even as late as 2028, and all the other misappropriations that we have detailed at length on this program. The Ohio Republican Attorney General David Yost filed a suit yesterday to block part of this 1.9 trillion dollar non-emergency relief, emergency relief package that they called it. The lawsuit filed U.S. District Court, Southern District of Ohio, argues the tax mandate portion of the America Rescue Plan is unconstitutional. I agree with him and seeks a preliminary injunction, injunction that would prevent the mandate from ever being enforced. I mean, you don't at what point do state legislatures like on H.R. One say, no, that is our constitutional authority. I'd start on that lawsuit next as well. By the way, Florida Governor DeSantis credits Sunshine State pandemic success to the open economy. Remember how much he's been criticized. You know, I've, Look, I've been watching what's happening down there with spring break, and Miami officials have been very outspoken about it. The problem is younger people don't have the, the same risks as older people. That is the one thing that remained consistent. The states that protected the elderly population— The state, like, for example, every state agency in Florida was mobilized right from the get-go to immediately protect the older population in Florida. The nursing homes, places like the villages, et cetera, et cetera. And they did a great job with that. That's why they've been so successful. That allowed them them to stay open much more than some of these other states with draconian shutdowns because they made the right call. They protected, unlike New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania— California, Michigan—that—that that did not do a very good job of, with any of this, and especially on the nursing home issue in particular. Now it's the group home issue in the state of New York as well. So uh, I, I, I don't. Maybe I'm more libertarian and and much more believer in choice. I don't know. I, I just think people are entitled to their own their own decision making capability on on important private medical matters and that is patient doctor privilege that is about medical privacy and i don't think people should as long as they're willing to follow whatever the other rules are and wear the mask and social distancing etc and maybe they won't be allowed into an arena if they're not willing to to provide whatever information i guess you can do that for a period of time as well i'm hoping for the day that we have the herd immunity and this thing is gone and we can get back to life as normal. Pretty unbelievable. Um, we have other issues that are popping up here as well. You know, it's I look in New York for you. Look at these states. You have blue states and you got red states. You got Gavin Newsom now claiming that the recall effort got you know, two million signatures. Yesterday was the deadline. They only needed one point five million. And now he said the recall effort was backed by anti mask, anti vaccine, pro Trump extremists. And the proud boys, I'm not going to take the recall attempt lying down, he said, and let's call it what it is. It's partisan. It's a Republican recall. <laughs> is that like the impeachment effort in New York by Democrats, the Democratic staffers of Cuomo, the Democratic staffers that blew the whistle on the nursing home issue or the investigative report, Tory Richardson, which we had on the program about the group home problem? You know, Democrats are leading this this effort anyway. So this is what his, his claim is, you know, by the way, then, then you turn to like the late night comics that say they can't find anything funny about Joe Biden. You know, uh, you've got Colbert saying, well, Biden's heart was in the race place. He didn't anticipate the surge at the border. I'm like, really? You know, Newsom tells CNN uh, he has a Zo- he's a Zoom call parent, but his kids returned to private classes months ago at a private school. Sorry, Gavin, that didn't work either. Just like your restaurant closure mandates, and then we caught you twice in restaurants. Then your second flimsy answer was, well, I didn't eat anything. Hardly an answer without a mask, mind you, as a side note here. Um, Now he's even going as far as warning, if you recall me, it's going to endanger Joe Biden's agenda. I mean, that's that's pretty desperate. Uh, He's calling it all partisan, basically saying it's all racist. I've made some mistakes, but we own them. Okay, he didn't really own them, in my mind, and nor in the minds of two million Californians. You know, it is fascinating, because I think two people for sure that had presidential ambitions, one was Gavin Newsom, and one was Andrew Cuomo. don't know for sure, but certainly looks a lot that way. Um, Some criticism, Biden apparently using notes during the Stephanopoulos interview, note cards, to get him through the big, tough interview with Georgie Stephanopoulos of ABC. Anyway, there's a video of the interview going out there, and Biden is holding what appears to be small note cards as he answers friendly questions from the former Clinton's communications director. Anyway, we'll we'll find out soon, I guess. He's got a whole week now to prepare for a week for today and the big press conference coming up. 21 states, i got to give credit for two, They have sued the Biden administration for killing off the Keystone Pipeline jobs. Finally, people are fighting back, led by Texas, Montana, arguing the cross-border permit is a regulation of interstate and international commerce should be left to Congress. And Biden's move was executive branch overreach. That is correct, by the way, in their analysis. So they're now suing Biden. This filibuster fight looms now. That is real. Mitch McConnell promising that, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. We'll, we'll use every arcane measure to stop it. But that's going to take all 50 Republicans staying united. Okay. How much faith do you have in Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Ben Sass? I don't particularly have a lot. But anyway, I'm being told something in my ear. We have which card? Oh. Okay, play it. We believe that speed and efficiency
4: must be matched with fairness and equity. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona not long ago.
3: By the way, that just happened. (laughs) It's like, you just can't make this a President Harris. Does he know something we don't know? She seems to be taking all the, the foreign policy calls. Who knows, right? You never know on any of this stuff. But one thing that really is bothering me and that we need to pay attention to for 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 Gavin Newsom to make this claim that this this is all a bunch of racists and proud boys and 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 extremists and republican efforts and partisan and it's going to stop the Biden agenda it's obviously gotten to him is he suggesting that the 2 million people in California that signed that is he suggesting that they support that because it seems to suggest that to me now apparently there is a congresswoman escobar from texas was on msdnc and said i would call on the minority leader kevin mccarthy and my colleagues to tell the truth only when we deal in truths can we really solve problems together then can we join us and being part of the solution or my fear is what they will continue to do is seek ways to divide our country, fuel xenophobia and racism. Now, there are laws on the books with the borders. If you don't like them, change them. But this is the fallback, it seems, every time. Now, another example happened on MSDNC. There was a Fox reporter that asked a legitimate question of Circleback Press Secretary Jen Psaki and that is the Biden administration, do they plan on limiting the number of abandoned foreign children accepted illegally into the U.S.? Because we're taking in 565 such children per day, and border facilities now are, some of them, up 700% beyond capacity. It's a fair question. Well, according to MSDNC, it is because, the question was asked because people are afraid of, quote, these brown people, listen.
5: There is a lack of, of sort of compassion on the other side. It's just a fear that more brown people will come. How do, how can the Biden administration manage that? Because the other side isn't providing a political solution or offering to get on board immigration reform. They're just saying, be afraid of these brown people.
6: Well, you're right, Joe. I mean, this is right, part
3: of their it's playbook. It's no, that's not right. Nobody's saying that. We have laws. If you don't like them, change them. We have co-equal branches of government. We have a process for that. That's what... Representatives, that's their job. That's Senator's job. And then it would be Joe's job to sign the bill. That's how it works. But ignoring the law, aiding and abetting lawmaking, lawbreaking, institutionalizing it even. And then caused, of course, by the eliminating the stay in Mexico policy while asylum claims were investigated and having background checks, just common sense, uh, also means to take care of yourself. These are all basic, fundamental, common sense measures. But it always comes down to well, we don't like what they're saying, we're just gonna call them racist. Unbelievable. and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to uscca.com slash Hannity today. All right, a lot to get to. Uh, Senator Steve Daines in Montana is going to talk about the situation at the border, the power grab by Democrats, including, yeah, eliminating the filibuster and and court packing and all the other power grabs, and uh, new developments in the state of New York and the group home cover-up. Straight ahead. All right. Hour two. Glad you're with us. Sean Hannity show toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. And yes, there's a real crisis at the border. Yes, it's humanitarian. Yes, Joe lied in the interview at Stephanopoulos. Uh, yes, he did invite people to come to the border if he's elected president. OK, so let's just put that aside. Now, a lot of questions being raised about. Two issues involving Joe Biden. Why won't he just go and visit the border? Why are they shutting down access and allowing the people that are on the front lines, the Border Patrol people? I've been down there 14 times. I've done ride alongs on horseback, all terrain vehicles on foot, um, helicopters, boats, you name it. I've done them all I've been all the way from the Rio Grande straight across through San Diego as we've covered this this crisis which now will, will be the worst we're told according to the dhs secretary Mayorkas, in 20 years but why is it that biden doesn't feel like visiting the border too tired i don't know white house supporting transparency but yet we have no access to not even allowing the governor of texas access to this migrant uh facility for children in dallas or nor has anybody gotten a chance to get in the cargo shipping containers with the tiny window with bars on it to see what those living conditions are like for kids. They won't let us in. They're telling Border Patrol agents, no more media, no more ride-alongs, that any request, even local media, be sent to Washington, D.C. So it doesn't sound like transparency to me. But yet you have, you know, let me circle back with you, Jen Psaki saying the White House supports transparency when in fact they do not.
6: We remain committed to sharing with all of you uh, data on the number of kids crossing the border, the steps we're taking, the work we're doing to open up facilities, uh, our own bar we're setting for ourselves and improving the and expediting the timeline and uh, the, uh, the treatment of, of these children. And we remain committed to transparency. I don't have an update for you on the timeline for access, but it's certainly something we support.
3: Uh, OK, no timeline. Why are they? Why are they sending out directives that Border Patrol agents on the front lines can't talk to the media, give them daily updates? And why aren't they granting access? Like even the governor of Texas, the Department of you know Human Services and, and immig- those service agencies that help children and child protective services are not even they're not allowed to get in to see these kids. Why is that? Well, we now got rid of the stay in Mexico policy that was tremendously successful. In other words, that people didn't have the opportunity to cross the border. If they were making asylum claims, they would be investigated first. Now catch and release is back. Border wall construction has ended. Then the prominence of amnesty lingers out there and the direct plea during the campaign to come on in. If I'm elected, come, yeah, we want you to come, which he said he didn't do. Anyway, joining us now is Montana Senator Steve Daines is with us. Uh, Senator, thank you for being with us. Now, what's ha- also happening is they're now, even people that are COVID positive um, are not being monitored. And a lot of these immigrants now are being sent to very specific states. As a matter of fact, probably at some point it'll be all 50 states.
5: Well, well Sean, I, you know, I was listening to the show there and, uh, hearing the comments from Biden's Press Secretary Saki about President Biden taking action, you bet he took action. And the actions that he took have made him 100% responsible for the crisis we're seeing on the southern border. you, You think of the contrast we had with President Trump building the wall, the Remain in Mexico policy, it finally started to restore some sanity and security to the southern border, and then literally within six hours of Biden being sworn in, he unravels that. I spoke to one of my colleagues, Senator Langford, who was in Arizona last week on the southern border the weekend. He told me that they've got gaps where they were going to install the gates on the wall. There's the new wall. There are a few gaps there where they're going to put the gates in. He said because they stopped construction, there's no gate. So you have these gaps throughout the wall for gates that they never get to install because Biden stopped it. So he just spoke with Senator Cornyn here minutes ago. He talked about how the fact they're going to have, you know, 3,000 young people now shipped to Dallas at a convention center because they've got a crisis on their hands. And I tell you what, when you have a crisis, what does Biden do? He ships in FEMA. Well, that tells you, if nothing else, there's a crisis going on, on the southern border. But the sad reality is, Sean, it's 100 percent a result of Biden's actions. He's created this crisis.
3: Uh, there's no doubt whatsoever. Now, think about it. Just we're, Americans are getting lectured by the Biden administration every day about, well, you must, um, the Biden mandatory mask uh, issue comes into play, right? Okay, we're, we're getting one town in Texas with a 25% COVID positivity rate. Overall, it's close to 10% of people crossing the border that are even being tested. There's zero social distancing, very little mask wearing. We now have uh, known... On the watch list, terrorists that have been arrested as part of this recently. And then, of course, the cartels and the drug dealers and the human traffickers, uh, you know, they're they're up to no good as well. Taking advantage of of the distraction of the Border Patrol and and they're now business has never been better for them.
5: Well, well, well Sean, you think about what, who's being apprehended right now on the southern border it's not just as if it's one or two countries. You look at the border patrol's list of countries that have been apprehension, it's fifty or more. So, if you know, Biden one hand talks about well, we can't have you know small gatherings for Fourth of July because of COVID, and yet he's got the border wide open with basically you know a petri dish of variant strains coming in from countries all over the world because they now have a porous, open catch and release border. But there's another fact that I don't think's been talked about enough, Sean. And that's why it's so important for Montana. You, know, you ask, what's a northern border guy going to be doing on the border? I'm headed down there with Ted Cruz and John Cornyn on Friday. Why am I going down there? Well, first for my country, of course, through the southern border in terms of this, this uh, illegal immigrant crisis. But we've got to talk about the drugs coming across the southern border. I'm a northern border state with a southern border crisis. It's this Mexican cartel mess and heroin that's pouring into our country, destroying families, destroying communities. And when you have border control chasing all the illegals it's a zero-sum game for every hour they're chasing illegals it gives the cartels a chance to, to flood the other parts of the border with more uh, mexico-produced drugs
3: what i'm having a hard time understanding is yes that does impact the opioid crisis it is a crisis in the country uh just on covid alone you you would think you want secure borders for, for that reason uh, I've always worried about, you know, people maybe want a better life for themselves and their families, and they're not going to obey our laws, respect our borders or sovereignty, and they're going to you know, make the perilous journey to, to enter the country illegally. Well, if they can get in the country and we have a vulnerability there, so too can uh, radical extremists that want to bring harms to our, uh, harm to our towns and our cities. That's another real concern.
5: Well, it is. And, and I mean, what, what's happening, and Sean, you talked about the time you spent on the southern border. I spent a night with Senator Perdue um, a few years ago. We, I said, I don't want PowerPoint slides. I want to be riding along from 11 p.m. to 8 a.m., literally shoulder, to shoulder with a border patrol right there in the trenches and watching what's going on. And it, it, it's shocking. I wish more American people could see what we have seen there and why what President Trump, though, did was exactly right in terms of, one, putting a wall up and, number two, changing the policy to disincentivize these illegals from coming up to our country. But, you know, you look at those pictures on the border, they've got all got Biden t shirts on. I think I've seen more Biden T-shirts now on the Southern border than probably the Democrat National Convention, because they've all heard that it's, it's, it's easy to get in now, and that's why they're flooding in the woods, getting all the way down to Central America and around the world. The border's open. Come and get it.
3: Let me ask you on a, on another matter is I, I, I never have witnessed a – a single mainstream party in America go this radical in, in such a short period of time, uh, this party today, the democratic party does not even represent the Biden Obama years. Uh, when you look at HR one eliminating the legislative filibuster, DC statehood is, is on the table. Same with Puerto Rico, uh, court packing, um, and all the other associated power grabs that they're trying to put into place. How concerned are you that, in fact, they will end the legislative filibuster? Joe Manchin said, well, we'll just make it harder. Uh, Joe Biden said, well, yeah, we're going to make you actually have to stand up and do the filibuster. But at the end of that standing up time, then they they get to the 51 vote threshold. Uh, How problematic is that in terms of all these radical agenda items that they have?
5: Sean, I don't think it's an overstatement to state that. The greatest threat we have to our country, the republic as we know it, is if the Democrats will open the filibuster and use it, and use it to fundamentally change the power structure of our government. And that's what they're all about. You know, I mean, they want to raise taxes. I get that. You know, we cut taxes in 17, they're going to raise taxes this time, when we get the majority back, we'll cut taxes again. We can put some of these genies back in the bottle on taxes, on certain policies. But if they allow d c to be a state, Puerto Rico to be a state, four liberal senators forever, if they fundamentally change the structure of the Supreme Court, Sean, you can't put that genie back in the bottle, and then you add on top of that what they're trying to pass here with these these corrupt laws uh this this h r one that will just give the Democrats power in federalizing our elections, including allowing the taxpayer to pay for elections. This federalizes elections, which our founding fathers never wanted to see. They want to see fundamentally more of that power in the state legislatures. This is about one great big power grab, Sean. That's what concerns me more than anything else we're dealing with right now.
3: Now, Mitch McConnell responded that if, in fact, they try to do this, eliminate the, the, the filibuster, that the Senate would be more like a hundred-car uh pile up uh that nothing would move there now with it being a 50 50 senate do are you confident that if they really do try this that in fact republicans would unite because you need all 50 of you to to be one voice here you have no room for mitt romney lisa murkowski or some others to go rogue here um do you feel confident that that would stop any ability they have to do the things they say they're going to do uh in the Senate.
5: Well, it it gives me some concern that because uh, you gotta get to fifty as you said, Sean. We're we're one vote short or can be one vote shy of giving the Democrats the power. I mean if you if you watch what's going on in these vote tallies like what happened with this uh, this liberal wish list so called COVID bill. It was all done by one vote. I mean, we're absolutely got a tie game here on almost every vote, and so it it's always harder to keep fifty Republicans on the team than it is to keep fifty Democrats on the team. so the 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 smartest thing we can do right now is put incredible pressure on mansion, on cinema, uh, any other Democrats. Do they really want to leave their legacy as having been part of really destroying, destroying? Are article one and article three the legislative branch and the judicial branch because that's what they will do if they get the power to do it
3: well we've been watching uh, pretty much the the efforts to assert the power for example constitutionally state legislatures they decide the the means the methods of voting in their individual states uh but yet that would be circumvented by hr1 And similarly, you see Joe Biden ruling through executive fiat that's circumventing an entire co-equal branch of government, that being the legislative branch. And they seem to do it with with great enthusiasm and abandon with no concern at all about about an equal branch of government that is concerning in and of itself.
5: It it is, Sean. What, What concerns me is when you think about where the Democrats want to go with this power grab is they would make, first of all, the Supreme Court then subservient to the United States Senate completely, because they just redesigned it to their, for their purposes. The, the other thing they would do is, as you look at what happened with the two impeachments on President Trump, it's really an example of the tyranny of the legislative branch. It's what our founding fathers, like Hamilton, feared. It's an incredible amount of power they give to the legislative branch, where they could remove a president from power, because simply they don't like him, they don't like his policies. That's what we saw happen with the Democrats. That turns us into a parliamentary kind of system, like Europe, uh, that, that takes away the fundamental separation of powers that the Founding Fathers put in place, the genius of our Constitution, that separation of powers you know, between the branches and also between the federal government and the states. That's what's up for grabs. The, the Democrats want to federalize election, and theirs takes away a lot of states' powers. And then they want to put all this power in the Senate and make the Supreme Court subservient to it. And you saw what happened with Pelosi in the House. They want to make the president serve at the will of the House. Thank God the fact that we had a two-thirds uh, stru- uh, threshold in the Senate. We could stop the conviction in the Senate. But this is what's up for grabs right now, Sean. This, this is an existential moment for our country.
3: I, I think I need a baby ranch out in Montana. I, I need to get away from this madness. <laughs> that, that's, you know, you have the right idea. The people of Montana are a lot smarter than me. Um, anyway, Senator Danes, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. All the best to you. Uh, keep up the good fight. Uh, Very important. When we come back, we're going to give you updates on both what's happening to the New York governor and the California governor uh, as the efforts to remove both those governors move forward today and uh, much more. Quick break. Right back. You'll put in your email, you'll get a free guide put together by the USCCA and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to USCCA.com Hannity today. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800 Sean, Sean if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. It is fascinating to watch because the verdict is now kind of in. And those big blue state loudmouth governors all across the country screaming and blaming everybody and anything and of all things fail, blame Donald Trump. They're now finally being held accountable for their horrific decisions during this pandemic over the last year. And that would be Governor Newsom and, of course, the recall petition effort that has been highly successful out there. He's now afraid and he's saying this is a bunch of racists and people associated with the Proud Boys that are that are responsible for this. And Biden's agenda is going to stop, none of which are true. But that's what he's saying. He's somewhat desperate, even expressing real fear about things Um. In New York now, you have all of the issues with Andrew Cuomo, and it's, it's getting bigger by the day as it relates to him and what he did with nursing homes. I'm going to update you as well what he's done with these group homes. Uh, we have news today that the New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy's office, was warned on their nursing home policy. Remember, if I pointed out, they all did the same thing around the same time. New York did it. Pennsylvania did it. New Jersey did it. Michigan did it. We already told you about Governor Whitmer being in trouble over her actions. Her decisions even talk about possible criminal investigation in her case. Pennsylvania Republicans have now referred the Democratic governor for an investigation into their nursing home scandal. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy's office was warned on the nursing home policy he was told straight up people will die. Uh, He was warned directly by public health officials. People will die. The quote, the conversation was tense. This was in NJ.com reported on Sunday about the March 31st conference call with a New Jersey health commissioner was offering instructions to admit COVID patients into long-term care facilities to hundreds of long-term care facility operators. And while she made it clear that they'd be required to assign separate staff and separate, separate them from other residents um the exasperation on the other end from the people that are actually there was was palpable people will die an unidentified administrator declared according to now a recording of the outspoken meeting uh obtained by nj advanced media i mean this is now becoming major problems now meanwhile the media mob was out there attacking governor DeSantis for not buying into the draconian shutdowns and And he got it right. Most red states got it right. You know, in the case of DeSantis, he used every single state agency from the beginning to protect the most vulnerable population, the elderly population, which is significant down in the great state of Florida. You know, let me play for you. Andrew Cuomo defending, for example, his handling of nursing homes during the pandemic in his press conference on Friday. The State Department
7: of Health followed federal guidance by CMS and CDC. Commissioner said no not-for-profit nursing home was forced to take anyone. Report confirms that. If they took a person who was not, who they could not care for, a COVID positive person, they violated the law. The report says that. Uh, And the Department of Health only counted the number of deaths in hospitals and the number of deaths in nursing homes. Released that number. That number stays the same. Well, how about people who were in, people who were transferred from a hospital back to a nursing home? That number, the department, was correlating because you have to get that from the nursing homes and the report also says the information from nursing homes is often uh incorrect uh and that's the number to date but it's an ongoing process next question
3: oh next question oh okay is that is that where we're going with that now senate republicans you know in in New York, just like in Pennsylvania now, just like in New Jersey now, in Michigan and California. Yeah, they failed the most vulnerable residents during the pandemic. Then they hurt the rest of the residents with their draconian shutdowns that did not prove to be effective. Uh, we now have in New York another scandal because they all passed these executive actions. Now, they knew in June in New York, the nursing home decision was a disaster rather than change course, Look at the science. Look at the data. Admit they were wrong, and 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 make adjustments. And and at that point, probably people would be critical, but they would have accepted that a lot of the pre- predictions of the medical community were wrong. But once they knew, they doubled down, and they were stubborn, and they lashed out at nursing home uh, owners, and, and this is for the money, and blaming Donald Trump, et cetera. Well, now we have this other issued we've been telling you about we had the investigative reporter from the Washington Examiner on the other day but we now know that these group homes that are all over New York where 10,311 care workers were got COVID-19 because of an executive order that's still in place today and that killed 32 staff members that worked in these New York state group homes then we had on top of that residents at these group homes, 552 deaths there. Anyway, Senator Palumbo, he's part of New York State Senate and colleagues on the Senate Mental Health and Disabilities Committee want an investigation into the COVID deaths in these group homes for the disabled. Senator, welcome to the program. Thanks for having
5: me, Sean. Good to be here.
3: All right. What am I missing here? Because it seems like they, they put these executive actions in place. The group home order, as I understand it, is still in effect. He finally did rescind the nursing home order. But yet, you know, look at all these people that died and only recently we're finding out.
5: Well, exactly. And when you think about the chickens coming home to roost in the nursing home issue, um, the March 25th order that directed them to readmit COVID positive patients had a twin. On April 10th, this directive was for the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities in New York um, because they're a state agency. They didn't do it by executive order, so it was somewhat under the radar. And they directed that they, with identical language, that they they shall not be denied admission or or readmission um, based solely on a confirmed or suspected diagnosis of COVID-19. And if you recall the governor saying, we can't discriminate against these people because it was all about some sort of a discriminatory act that they couldn't do this, that, as you said, is still in effect today. And what's interesting to note is not many people would recognize this, that people with intellectual and developmental disabilities are at higher risk. Just like nursing home residents, 16% mortality rate versus 6% are people with disabilities and versus those without. So they're at their high risk. There's absolutely no reason for this order. And the governor was saying, oh, I followed the guidelines, and we issued this order because we needed hospital beds. Well, that's not true, And number one. But more importantly, we absolutely don't need to have this order to, mm-hmm. remaining in effect now. Um, We don't have any sort of a hospital occupancy issue. And so we wrote – I wrote with a couple of colleagues um, a a, a few weeks ago, and we heard nothing, and then we heard nothing after two weeks. And then we ultimately wrote uh, the investigations committee, which I'm on as well. We wrote the chairman there, um, and then suddenly, within a day, they responded. We wrote them Monday, Tuesday, that we got a letter that was, of course – pretty scant on, on, on specifics because we want to see the exchanges between the governor's office and the, that office with, uh, uh, for, for people with developmental disabilities. I'm a former prosecutor. This isn't my first rodeo. I handle major cases. We know that the devil's in the details, and the cover-up, as we see, can often be worse than the crime. So we want to see why this is still in effect, and more importantly, uh, what they've done and whether or not their numbers are accurate.
3: Well, I mean, the numbers that we're looking at in the Washington Examiner, I mean, we, we interviewed the author, the investigative reporter. It was very clear uh, that th- th- these numbers are real. This is how insane it is, Senator. I mean, you, you would think after the nursing home issue, not only in New York, but also in Michigan, now New Jersey, now we're discovering Pennsylvania. All of the draconian shutdowns and hypocrisy of Gavin Newsom, he had no problem going into restaurants when everybody else was not allowed. Well, I didn't eat the second time. I just was in the restaurant. I'm like, oh, okay, there's a good reason. And even today, I don't know if you've, you've caught wind of this yet. House Democrats this week blocked proposed legislation. Freshman congressman Marionette Miller Meeks is her name. That would have required illegal immigrants that are released into the U.S. to first have and receive a negative COVID-19 test. Guess what? The Democrats stopped it twice, not once, twice. Uh, who would ever disagree with that, especially knowing what we now know?
5: Right. And, but if you and I want to return to New York, we need to do that um, as citizens and residents. Um, but look, this is one party rule. This is what you get. We had control of the Senate for for out of the last 50 years, all but three. 2018, we unfortunately lost control to the Democrats. Um, And with with the socialism movement and all the craziness that's happening, they love big government. I mean, I'm a less government is more kind of guy, but this is one party rule. Um, Unfortunately, this is uh, this is this is what you get. And for whatever reason, it's okay for thee, right? But not for me. I think I've seen that on your show
3: before. Where, I said it um, last then, night, to be honest. I remember saying it. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Right. Now tie this into this. You're looking at the bluest of blue states. Of course, they just got huge billions of dollar bailout money coming to them, uh, which will come from people that elect responsible, fiscally responsible governors in low-tax states that balance their budgets and fund their pensions, unlike a lot of the corruption where you are up in Albany, not putting you in that group, by the way, and and you look at, you know, what now the rest of the country is going to be bailing these, these states out, which is a shame, but isn't it ironic that all of the states we're talking about are also the states people are leaving in droves? Look at New York City, Senator. When's the last time you've been there?
5: Oh few weeks ago it's a ghost town and you know we also included now that we're getting 12.9 billion dollars from joe biden we're in, the the democratic majorities have included billions plural about six billion dollars over six billion dollars in new taxes to bring to new york the already high-tax state on on the high wage earners and all of their their pet projects and what the pandemic has just i thought this. it
3: was seven billion but i guess i'm off by a billion what's a billion dollars right senator
5: yeah, right. Yeah, it was six six point nine or so. It depended on which one house bill you looked at. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you've got all these people can clearly work remotely. The pandemic has proven that. So why wouldn't you take your sixteen percent in taxes combined? Or when you live in New York State, why wouldn't you go to Florida if you're a high wage earner? Um, they they just don't see the forest for the trees, and it's just it, it's awful. Um, and, and I'm nervous. Well, you I'm pointed
3: too, out uh, uh, listen, they have a filibuster proof majority in New York in New York's Assembly and where you are in New York's Senate. So my question is, you know, is there anything that you really have the power to do?
5: Well, we can We can do we, we, we have shamed them into a lot of action. And right now we have have crafted legislation to remove the directives for the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities. We've done FOIL requests, we've requested subpoenas and we do have some of the chairman now saying, this is interesting, Um, I'm, I'm really concerned. Well, other than expressing concern for political theater, why don't you do something and let's have hearings, let's issue subpoenas, and actually investigate. And these need th- these need to start taking place immediately, because we are taking an at-risk group right now, and for no reason requiring them to accept COVID-positive patients back in. Um, and it's a directive. They have to follow it under threat, as uh, I guess Tory Richards said yesterday, under threat of possibly losing their job.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just a num- uh, it's, it's unbelievable that you, you could even still have this executive action uh, in place. Now, You're in Albany, you have a a front row seat, you see the the most powerful Democrat is now the Senate Majority Leader uh, uh, in Albany. But you also have the assembly leader, Democrat, both agreeing to move forward with at least an impeachment investigation. Is it real or do you think it's going to be a show investigation?
5: You know, I don't think so. I was the ranking Republican on the Judiciary Committee when I was in the assembly. And um, that that committee hasn't done a real investigation in many years, number one. Number two, they've hired a law firm that has connections to the governor to conduct this so-called investigation. And and remember, it's the same rules um, as as we have on the federal level. So essentially, it's, it's charges that are brought up. The articles of impeachment are like an indictment for evidence of nothing, but it now moves it forward to the Senate for a trial where there actually is due process. So I think they're kicking the can down the road. They're all providing cover for each other. The governor isn't going to resign. It's not in his DNA. He's way too arrogant for that. So we're just going to sit and watch and see if they actually do anything that, that may even involve some teeth.
3: Um, I think you can guess my my prediction. But listen, I'm glad you're standing up for people in these in these group homes that that need advocates and we've got to make sure they're protected. And, and I appreciate your efforts to do so and stay on top of it, Senator. Thank you for being with us.
5: Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. I'll see
3: you soon. All right. New York State Senator Anthony Palumbo with us. Unbelievable. By the way, the media mob and their cover-up, we're going to get to that at the top of the next hour. And your call eight hundred nine four one. 800-941-SEAN. Quick break. Right back. and the former head of training for the FBI. Just go to uscca.com slash Hannity today.
2: Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload.
3: All right, news roundup, information overload hour. Sean Hannity Show will get to your calls here in a minute. 800 941 Sean. you want to be a part of the extravaganza in the program here. Um, Let me, the, the media and the mob, what did I say before the election? The media mob... Then you had big tech. Then you had the Democratic Party, all part of the candidate protection program. They weren't running on H.R. One. They weren't running on packing the Supreme Court and other courts. Uh, They weren't running on D.C. and and Puerto Rico statehood. They weren't running on abolishing a co-equal branch of government and just ruling through executive fiat. Uh, They weren't running on eliminating the legislative filibuster. They weren't running on any of these things. But that's what Democrats now are doing. It is by far the biggest attempted power grab and attempt to to establish one party rule in the United Sanctuary States of America, United Sanctuary Socialist States of America, which is what they want to create here and do. And there is an urgency to this. Democrats know pretty darn well. That their overreach will result in a, a massive electoral loss as the public begins to absorb what is really happening here and how radical this agenda is and what the impact on our lives are going to be. Just look at the border as only one example. There's going to be at least 75 million strong that are going to say they've had enough. But you're not going to get the truth from the mob and the media. The The candidate protection program extends now. It's the the presidential protection program of Joe Biden. You know, like, for example, a fluffball interview with Georgie Stephanopoulos, who's been nothing but a, a partisan Clinton hack his entire career, how the media even refers to him as a journalist, is a joke. Joe Biden tells Stephanopoulos, oh, no, 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 uh, 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 migrants aren't coming because I'm nice. I... I, I'm going to tell them to stay home for now. Listen, the idea
4: that Joe Biden said come because uh, I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because, they know, I'm a nice guy and I won't. They're saying job. this. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. They're not. Do you have to say quite clearly don't come? Yes, I can say quite clearly don't come. And we're in the process of getting set up. Don't leave your town or city or
3: community. Oh, why we're in the process of setting up now after we're out of the process of setting up, uh, then we'll we'll just go forward with everything. Unbelievable. Now, Joe Biden told a little bit of a lie there, because during the campaign, he says that, no, 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 if, if you're if you're fleeing oppression come what are all the people at the border doing the stay in mexico policy was okay while you're seeking asylum and we're checking out your story and your background and whether you have radical associations you will be in mexico you're not allowed into the u.s where you would then get a court date and then get to disappear and never show up which was the the fallacy of the biden obama years fixed by donald trump but in fact joe did say it in spite of what he just told george Stephanopoulos.
4: What I would do as president is several more things because things have changed. I would, in fact, make sure that there is we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come.
3: Oh, you should come. Come. I guess that's why they got Joe Biden T-shirts. Anyway, Joe Conch is with us. Fox News contributor, columnist with The Hill uh sir welcome to the program a lot of media issues out there including the washington post misquote of president trump and uh etc how are you sir
8: oh it's an outstanding day 42 and rainy in march after being locked up for a year. It's, <laughs>
3: it's always cold in march everyone thinks no march means the beginning of spring in the northeast and i'm like no it doesn't mm-hmm. wait till mid-april no if you're lucky
8: Nay, yeah. Even April's horrible. I want to go to Florida, but then I have to quarantine my kids for two weeks or something if we go. It's just it's a joke. Anyway, I don't want to complain. I want to quote Joe Biden, okay? Because this is what George Stephanopoulos did not do during that interview. I mean, it's like, you know what? Are you even going to follow up or challenge the guy in any way when he says, oh, well, the resurgence Biden did, did in 2019 and 2020? Nothing like this. Nothing where it's been quadruple the number of minors crossing when you compare it to October. In other words, when Joe Biden said this. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people seeking asylum that deserve to be heard, that's who we are. We are a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. So when the guy wins, they all come. When you invite Central America to come, it comes. And now, Sean, look at what we're looking at here. You're only supposed to have these COVID migrant facilities filled to 50 percent because there is a pandemic. That's what the CDC says. We're seeing capacities of over 100 200, 700 percent. And then you have hundreds of migrants testing positive for COVID. And what are we we doing? We're releasing them into the U.S. population without quarantining them. That is the ultimate super spreader event. And somebody has to call out Mr. Biden on this. Not going to be the former communications director for the Clinton presidency. That's certainly for sure. So hopefully at this press conference next week, we have a couple of Peter Ducey's there that ask the tough questions. God knows I would have a couple. Maybe I'll just try to uh, crash that party because God knows I've crashed enough parties in my day.
3: Well, about it too the cdc even has a a, an order out there and basically a warning to americans don't travel to central america so i guess central america is just coming here because joe told them to come and exactly there's no stay in mexico policy then you've got catch and release and even if you do test positive joe concha you know what happens well you get to go to a hotel but nobody monitors if you stay in that hotel meaning you can go anywhere you want and that's happening. Yeah, you're right. There are facilities over 700 percent capacity. Uh, then we got the order yesterday. Well, no media. The Border Patrol agents, no ride alongs. You can't talk to the media. Any media request must be sent through Washington, D.C. So they're trying to shut down any real coverage and silence what's really going on while saying they are the most transparent. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just fixated on one little thing here. But. I'd kind of like to see the inside of the cargo shipping containers where they're putting children because the scene of the kids laying in the floor with tinfoil blankets uh, and taking turns sleeping is not exactly appealing to me. And not allowing the governor of Texas access to uh, children, even their, you know, home protection services agencies. They can't get in to check on the children because Biden won't let anybody in. Wow. I don't
1: get it.
8: The, the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, told me that this administration on day one would be honest and would be transparent with the media. Now what do we have? A media blackout at the border. And boy, why would they ever do that? Oh, by the way, I always hear this argument, well, imagine if Trump ever did this. Uh, you, know, you, you basically would run out of the quota in terms of the authoritarian and dictator lines being thrown out on, on cable news in terms of the president. But I can't imagine President Trump doing that because the press had free access to these facilities when he was president. And look, Saki now can't even give a timeline in terms of, in other words, it's circle back, Saki, in terms of when reporters will be able to see those facilities. And look, I want to know why Joe Biden won't at least you know, visit the border because the White House press secretary just today did call it a crisis. FEMA is there. FEMA only handles disasters. And the president, who has this crisis now on his watch, does not want to go there because he knows that would bring more media attention to those facilities. No, by the way, Mr. President, when are you going to nominate... Ahead of Border Patrol or ahead of ICE, he still hasn't done that. I would think there would be a sense of urgency around this at this point, Sean. But nope, it's just apathy. I guess what we're learning now is that it's really easy to campaign from your basement and complain about everything, but governing and executing on things a hell of a lot different.
3: It, it is pretty amazing times. Now we we have what I call during the campaign the candidate protection program. I don't think you were friendly enough, and you've been on the shows enough with me to know what I mean by that. Now it's the President Protection Program, the Liberal Socialist Democrat Protection Program. Now, okay, he has now a press conference. Uh, He has about one event a day. And I'm sure between now and a week from today, there's going to be many, many practice prep sessions for the maybe even predetermined questions that Joe will get. Uh, And it's getting a little bit frustrating because yesterday we had a moment where Joe was doing some media And they were having technical difficulties. And once again, the somewhat weak looking, frail looking to me, not a medical diagnosis, cognitively struggling Joe just popped its head out again.
4: I hope uh, that this virtual gathering keeps uh, the spirit. Am I muted? Am I muted? You're on mute. You are. Go ahead, sir. Is it unmuted? Yes, sir. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with the T-shirt today, and uh, he was pointing out to me that uh, uh, my win for the presidency was more popular in Ireland than it was in the United States, <laughs> uh, and that's not too far off. When I became vice president, I'd leave that alone, guys. Okay, um, tell them not to move that. All right, I, I'm I'm having troubles here. Okay.
3: Okay. Now. I know, I know I got criticized for saying this. Every time I get criticized for pointing out Joe's struggles, uh, I'll put it that way, um, I just play Joe's greatest hits, and then everybody shuts up, Joe Concha. What do you think going on here? Because nobody, and comedians actually saying, the ones that beat up Trump every second of every day for five years, uh, we can't find anything funny about Joe. Not that this is funny, but if it was a Republican, I think they would air all of this and try and make jokes about it. Am I wrong?
8: Oh, I'm old enough to remember John McCain when he was only in his 60s, and he's too old to be president. He's too cranky. He just doesn't have it anymore. That was okay. But in this case, with Biden, it's just a simple case of, let's say you took 100 people from 20 years ago. Somehow you had 1.21 gigawatts in a time machine. You're able to bring them here, and you put them in front of a television. And you said, okay, watch this guy. You don't tell him who he is or, or what he represents. What do you think he is in terms of his cognitive abilities at this point? And almost all would say, boy, he, he seems to be having age issues. Again, I'm not going to do the medical thing either, but you get to 78 years old and you're in politics for five decades, that's going to wear on you after a while in some capacity. So now he has his press conference coming up, right? Remember, Trump had five news conferences at this point in his presidency, solo and joint press conferences. Obama 2, Bush 3, Clinton 5, Biden 0.0. And there's a reason for that, because even his supporters will tell you that when he is out of prompter, when he is out of scripted situations, when he has to do off-the-cup, extemporaneous type of commentary... This is not his strong suit. It's his weakest suit. And guess who's going to be paying attention to this? Not just the American people. And even if the questions are mostly friendly, there's still going to be a couple that trip him up, right? And then I have a couple, like, for instance, like, hey, uh, you just passed this COVID bill, nearly $2 trillion. You said it was essential for reopening schools. So why is it that all those billions aren't going to be spent until next year when the crisis is over? As a parent, can you explain that to me, why we can't open schools now when your CDC director says to do so? That's not even a tough question. It's a fair question. He'll have no answer for that. He'll have no answer in terms, of no, uh, in terms of the crisis at the border, yeah. in terms of the migrant situation that we're talking about. And here's the thing, Sean, China, Russia, Iran, our adversaries will be watching because they don't care about Joe Biden and teleprompter. They want to see what this guy is made of when he doesn't have the script. And I have a feeling they're going to see a very weak president that can be taken advantage of because he simply does not have his fastball or even a curveball at this point anymore.
3: All right, as we continue, uh, Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist on the media for The Hill. So you have U.S. border officials now taking in approximately 565 uh, children per day. Border facilities, you're right, over 700 percent beyond capacity in some locations. Uh, Yeah, they are sharing beds with their tinfoil blankets. And yeah, cargo shipping containers are real. So at a press conference, we had a Fox reporter asking, circle back Jen Psaki about this. And then over there on MSDNC, uh, you had one of their hosts actually claiming that the only reason the Fox reporter asked uh, about these failed immigration programs is because, well, they're afraid of these brown people. And the question was whether the Biden administration plans to limit the number of abandoned foreign children accepted illegally into the U.S. Listen. Oh,
5: there is- a lack of, of sort of compassion on the other side. It's just a fear that more brown people will come. How, do, how can the Biden administration manage that? Because the other side isn't providing a political solution or offering to get on board immigration reform. They're just saying, be afraid of these brown people.
6: Well, you're right, Joe. I mean, this is part of their playbook. It's something that we've seen so many times before. It is fear mongering. And this time they're doing it because they can't argue with the Biden administration, in terms of serving the needs of everyday Americans, the American rescue plan was just passed. Vaccine distribution is is going along very, very well compared to what it was under the right, Trump you administration got, you got the
3: point. You're you know, and it's just like Gavin Newsom out in California. Well, the people that started to recall are racist and they're they're related to Proud Boys or whatever.
8: Yeah, I love Newsom. Uh, he told uh, Jake Tapper on CNN, he said, you know, I want to reopen schools, too. I've been a Zoom parent over the last year. Uh, no, you haven't. Your kids go to private school and that school is open and hasn't closed. I mean, this guy can't even yeah, lie but well. It's like,
3: right? like him telling Californians not to go eat and he'd get caught, he got caught not once but twice in a restaurant. Second time he said, well, yeah, well, I technically wasn't eating, so it's okay
8: without a mask, with 12 other people from six different households. I I mean, we are governed by children. Between him and Cuomo, or Lauren Lightfoot goes to get her hair done, but then says, you know, hair salons have to stay closed, and Nancy Pelosi does the same thing. Is there anybody who isn't a hypocrite that runs anything in this country anymore? I don't care, Democrat, Republican, just grow up. You're going to make the rules and follow them. Otherwise, step aside and Newsom, I think he has a real chance of being recalled. Wouldn't that be something? And you have Governor Rick Grinnell, who has probably the best teeth of anybody in in
3: politics that i've seen in quite some time yeah all right joe concha we appreciate you being with us as always oh, 800-941 sean is our number we'll get to your calls next half hour i promise hannity tonight at nine we got a great show tonight all right 25 to the top of the hour 800-941 mm-hmm. sean if you want to be a part of the program we mentioned gavin newsom claiming that that this whole recall effort sat out of touch can't take any responsibility clearly worried Oh, just a, a bunch of racist Californians. Is, is he saying that about the 2 million people that actually signed the recall petition, a half a million more than were actually needed to get a recall effort to move forward? Apparently not. Um, clearly, but, you know, that, that's the, that, that is the default mechanism. It's the same every two years, every four years. Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist. You know my whole list right and then we say okay well so Jen Psaki gets a question Fox News reporter whether the Biden administration plans to limit the number of abandoned foreign children accepted illegally into the U.S. I remember we're taking in 565 kids a day border facilities you know some cases functioning at 700 percent and we're still during a pandemic here this is a big deal but over there at MSDNC, their analysis is that the only reason the question is asked is that the reporter is afraid of, quote, these brown people. We have, we have, this is, a, it's a perilous journey. And people are making it for a lot of reasons. I would argue the policies of Joe Biden enticing people. We're now facing, what, the highest number of illegal immigrants surging into the country in 20 years that's not a crisis do we not respect our laws our borders our sovereignty and if you dare question it we're going to you're going to go and say it's racist how about we'll take people from anywhere but we get to have questions and and it, we get to find out for example if people have radical associations and light of covid we might want to insist on a a health exam i would just make perfect sense we might want to make sure that people have the ability to take care of themselves when they are here they're not going to be taking away jobs 17 million americans still out of work now we have the energy sector workers you know they're now their career track is as ended these were high-paying career jobs just wiped away the stroke of a pen You know, add to that all the other Americans that that need to get back to work. I mean, then you got this digital magazine, The Root, literally, you know, accused of racism after a piece by the New York Times contributor declares whiteness is a pandemic. You know, I thought the goal was a colorblind society. All right, let's get to your phones. Uh, a lot of you have been very, very patient here. Let's say hi to Jean Is in Connecticut. Hey, Jean, how are you? Glad you called.
1: I'm, I'm fine. Um, I had to call after hearing those ladies on your show the other day. My sister has a 24-year-old son who's autistic, which is a developmental disability, and he's also intellectually disabled. The term mental retardation is not used anymore, it's intellectually disabled, so these are the people we're talking about. And during COVID, she's been caring for him alone, 24-7. She's been looking at group homes, but after this story what's happened in New York with FOMO, she is beside herself. It is one of the most at-risk, vulnerable populations in the nation. And just like the elderly, many of them can't care for themselves. They can't protect themselves. And everything Cuomo did to the nursing home residents, he did to the group home residents, but it was even worse in many respects. They were not designated priority recipients of PPE. So for the residents and the staff, who you noted, there's 30-plus who have died, they didn't have any PPE. You know, they had to take people back who they weren't sure if they were still contagious from hospitals. They couldn't see their family members, you know, and he still hasn't rescinded this order, you know, but the one other critical point I want to make Sean is that these disabled people, number one, are human beings. And you just had some very profound words that I really appreciate, but they're also United States citizens. And I feel they're being treated like second-class citizens because many families with a disabled loved one in this country have to wait years, years for funding for housing and programs and people crossing the border. Again, my heart breaks for them. I'm sure they have horrible situations, but they're handing them housing and medical care and education as they go through the gates. And what is the difference? Well, my feeling and the feeling of my sister with a, an autistic and intellectually disabled son is that many of these disabled people can't vote. They don't have the means, they're not able, and maybe that's a very cynical thought on my part, but I'm trying to understand why American citizens have to wait years and years before they get funding for a group home. And then even if they get funding, look what happens.
3: But you know what the, you know what we have in common here, and you're raising really good points, Gene. What is the one commonality here, the common denominator? It's that it's the most vulnerable in our society. Absolutely, it is the elderly population. They were most vulnerable. We there was the one thing we knew from day one that they got right, and that would yep. obviously translate into group homes again a vulnerability and we have an obligation as as human beings with a soul to protect yeah, absolutely. them Absolutely. and you know it gets worse and worse when they discovered it they tried to cover it up rather than rectify it and learn from the mistake um I, and i'll be honest if they if, if you add to that too all the empty beds that were built by donald oh. trump in this process why would you even consider sending people back to a nursing home with COVID it's, it's, and they're it's screaming, don't do it because people will die? They didn't have the means yeah. to handle it.
1: And these poor workers who, God bless them, these people who care for intellectually and developmentally disabled people, they are doing God's work on earth. And I know many of your listeners have a loved one or a family member or a neighbor or someone who has a person like this in their life, and you want to do everything you can for them. You want to take care of them. and. What they were allowed to go through in these group homes in New York, and they're still covering up the numbers, Cuomo yep. still won't release information. So I thank you, Sean, for bringing this to light, because I think this is critical.
3: Well, now we see what's, uh, these investigations in New Jersey and the warning that was given, the direct warning, and the same in Pennsylvania, the same in Michigan. Gavin Newsom, Absolutely. it's not about race. It's about his horrible decision-making and outright hypocrisy. Uh, Gene thank you yeah. we appreciate you checking in and yeah I want to protect all the most vulnerable every American supports that conservatives yeah of course protect the vulnerable that's what DeSantis did in Florida and what happened in Texas and South Dakota and Mississippi and every other red state Bryce is in the great state of Georgia Bryce hi how are you thank you for calling
9: yes sir yes sir I am in the great state of Georgia I'm very very well how are you
3: I'm good sir thanks for checking in
9: Yes, sir, and a long-time listener here um, with you. Um, Thank you. I enjoy listening to you and everything. Um, But, yeah, I was wanting to hop in. You know, you've been going over cancel culture and everything, and, you know, it's not really talked about that much about how all of this stuff going on today affects us as the young, you know, and I don't think that a lot of the young people think about that. You know, like the other day hearing on Fox there was a lady – on there talking about two plus two it does not have to equal four it can equal five like what no there's no way like where does it end you know what i'm saying where does it end it's going to be chaos before where can the line be drawn if you're just going to keep telling people they can do whatever they want it's do gonna want. it's
3: gonna it's gonna stop because it has to stop uh, and people already see it. I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head and Pepe Le Pew and, let's see, uh, Dumbo and Dr. Seuss and Peter Pan and now Aladdin and, and everything else in between. And, you know, we really do have really significant issues and, and problems. But cancel yeah. culture is real. The, the desire, yeah. you know, even if somebody does say something, I have all my life when even... People I disagree with politically make mistakes. I do not call for their firing. I do not support those boycotts for this very reason. And I've been criticized by fellow conservatives. Why don't you join in the boycott? Am I Because I don't support boycotts. Let, the people will decide what they want to watch, what they want to listen to. I put enough faith exactly. and trust in people to make their own decisions, right?
9: That's right. And, I mean, it's exactly right. But, you know, the whole thing with... The cancel culture, like, I feel like the the media and politics, they're focusing on the wrong things. Like, why are we so focused on Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head and all that? We have so many other important things out there that need to be discussed and all that. Like, a big example of me, the thing that irked me, was they spent all this first part of Biden's term, these last 50 days, um, basically, trying to get rid or impeach Donald Trump again. When he said, when I get in office, I'm going to do all of this make all these changes well yeah he did he just wrote them up and signed
3: them off pretty much you know listen this is and and i'm gonna end this call with this and and you're 27 years old i say good for you and we need you know people your age as engaged as you are and asking all these right questions but the real answer is you know we better pay very close attention this is a very this is a tipping point moment for the country and that is not hyperbole I am not overstating the case. I I I've been warning about this, and I am saying now we've got institutional forces that want to help the Democrats in this power grab. That means DC, Puerto Rico statehood, eliminating the filibuster. That means court packing. That means HR one. All these things I've been talking about. Uh, let's say hi to John in Colorado. John, how are you? Thanks for checking in.
6: Hey, Sean, thanks for taking the call. Uh, I'm a professor here in Colorado, and I kind of have a dilemma going on, so I definitely teach from a Republican or a conservative mindset. What do you teach? I, I teach in the School of Business, so I, I currently focus on, like, an introduction mm-hmm. kind of to business course, so okay. it's a survey of all the different disciplines in business, and it's it's meant to help, you know, students, guide their way through their, their college career, so they know that they're going to have money well spent on their degree path, and they're not going to wake up in three or four years with thousands of dollars of debt, like, oh, shoot, I don't want to be an accountant, right?
3: So... Uh, by the way, uh, that that is, that is priceless, that type of advice, but we only have about a minute, so tell me what your challenge is.
6: But, so the challenge is that, you know, since this paradigm shift has happened, I've almost had to go like undercover with the way that I present a lot of the concepts or ideas that I teach. So by doing that, I almost feel like I'm I'm lying to the students a little bit um, in the sense that you know I want them to creatively think on their own. Um, so I present dilemmas, concepts to them, and let them come to the conclusion that you know spending all this money is a bad idea because taxes pass through; it's going to eventually come out of your pocket, and you know just letting them come to their own conclusions of
3: being. Well, let me uh, see if I can help you a little bit with this, with an idea. What I would say is you never want to compromise who you are. And if you even just took the approach of providing both sides. Now, on the political side of this equation, you have one party that wants this regulation, this regulation, this regulation, the other side, they don't want it. You know, what is better for business? Where do you where's the where's the balancing point? Now you're challenging kids to think from the perspective of hearing both sides, you know, as objectively as you can offer it to them. Um, And ultimately, you know, there's there's something amazing that happens with these graduates professor. I'm sure you've seen this. They get that first job, they get that first check and they see all that money taken out. All of a sudden they become a little more conservative right at that moment. It's an education in and of itself, isn't it?
6: Yeah. And I think I'm kind of stuck with this kind of Robert, Cross dilemma where you know if i choose one path and i've you know i'm just out with it and just proudly tell people you know i'm conservative republican and you know this yeah
3: is the way I, but I you know what don't, don't but, put yourself in a position where you can get fired for being involved in a political contract be your smart professor you can figure that out i have, i have faith in you all right but keep in touch with us we really do appreciate what you're doing and your call All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. A great Hannity, 9 Eastern, Fox News. We hope you'll join us. Set your DVR, Pete Hegseth, Congressman Matt Gaetz, Dan Bongino, and Geraldo, Dana Lash, Ari Fleischer, and Katie Pavlich. And yes, we'll get into now massive allegations of racism and all the Democratic blue states that failed the citizens in their states, but they're still getting the big bailout. Anyway, it's all happening... 9 Eastern. Tonight, Hannity Fox News. We'll see you then. We'll be back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us. You make this possible.